tady je Karolína z České republiky a vy právě posloucháte podcast Paranormal Chicks. Dona a Kerry vám teď poví příběh, nebo dva, plný hrůzy, děsu a mm, no, uvidíme. Pojďme si to poslechnout. Donna and I'm Carrie and we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 101. And you just heard from Carolina and we have no idea what she said either. <laughs> no, but I need to know. It sounds amazing. It sounded so pleasant. I know. It could have been a horrible review. Right? Oh my god, that would have been a good April Fools joke for her to do. But like Hey, paranormal chicks, they're horrible. No, they're the worst. Yeah. <laughs> We're like, oh my God, thank you so much for your intro. <laughs> Joke's on us. Yeah. But seriously, thank you so much for your intro and your support, Carolina. Also, she's from the Czech Republic. Which is so freaking cool. Like, right? Holy shit. I know. It still blows me away that people from other countries listen. I know. People from other states. Who am I kidding? Oh, honestly. People outside of our family and immediate circle of friends. Someone other than Tiffany and... Casey? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Casey's her sister. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, y'all know how this works. If you want to do an episode intro, just like Carolina, head on over to... Patreon.com slash the APC podcast. Okay, the first story is titled, Not sure what category this goes under, or even if it's a story for the podcast. Hello, ladies. Thank you so much for your podcast. I love listening to all of the sinister sightings, true crime, and ambient stories. So I'm not sure what category this falls under. The story is about my first glimpse of mediumship. I've always been interested in the paranormal, spirits, and learning as much as possible. Sometime last year, I found a tarot class at my local high school. I called my best friend Courtney and asked if she would take this eight-week class with me. We were the youngest in the class, being 23 at the time. Majority of the class was older women. During the last class, one of the other women asked about mediumship. Let me give you some background. My father passed away in 2010 when I was 13. It was sudden and out of nowhere. It completely destroyed me, and I still cannot really get over it to this day. I have always wanted him to come in through my dreams, but he has not. One time, a few months ago after his passing, I saw his figure in my doorway at my friend's, and I swear I heard him call my name about a year later when I was walking through the woods but nothing after that. Now, fast forward back to the last day of tarot class. As soon as the woman asked, the teacher said, I wasn't going to say anything, but something has been here every single class. At this point, I'm getting chills and mentally telling myself, this will not be me. No way. As my teacher started to talk, my body is going insane on the inside Emotions running through me like fire. She first starts with middle age, 
unexpected male and someone who has never missed a class. I instantly look at Courtney and she could tell I was not okay. I raise my hand and I say my father passed middle age unexpectedly and no other in my class had the same response and a lot of them had missed a class or two. The teacher then goes on to say she sees curly dark hair. My father had dark brown curly hair. Then she says she sees pots and pans. My father was a chef. She then says she keeps seeing only, only, only. I was my father's only child. I wrote everything down that she had said, and by the middle of it, I knew it was my dad, and I was bawling like a little baby. There were more things that she had said that were exactly my father. This experience completely changed me. She told me he had been with me in every class and is with me all of the time. I didn't write everything that was said just so the story was not too long, but wow, I was shocked. I cannot thank my teacher more than enough for this experience, and I will cherish it forever. Thank you guys for the podcast again. If this doesn't meet a category, that's totally okay. Just wanted to share the story with you. Keep them spooky, Courtney. Wow, you just had like a Long Island medium uh, moment, you know, when she's just like in a place randomly doing that. Oh, that's so special. And how sweet that he has been with you in every class, like always with you, always, you know, like, I don't know. It's just, that's really sweet. Well, and I wonder what made that person like finally ask or just ask in general, you know? And I mean, had they not asked, would she have ever even said anything? That's true. So it's like things just lined up exactly how they were supposed to for you to get this like life-changing message. Yeah. So it just like goes to show you when you have a feeling to say something, say it. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for that. It definitely fits in. Okay, the next one. I stumbled upon your podcast by accident, and I've emailed you before about the synchronicity that happened when I listened to my very first episode. I became obsessed with listening to the Sinister Sightings episodes, and I thought I should write in. But then I decided not to, because I wouldn't know which story to tell. But as the days go on and I keep listening, this one story will not leave my mind. I'll try to keep this as short as possible. And I will try not to do what my friends and family call telling side stories inside of a story. And also, I have to use talk to text because I recently hurt my hand at work. So bear with me on trying to decipher this. I'm sorry. Long story short, my dad has always worked construction, sometimes out of town, just not very often. When I was in high school, my dad took this job that was about two hours, maybe a little longer away. For about a week and a half, he drove there from our house every day, back and forth, until it became too much and he was exhausted. The job he was doing was a big job, so he would be working there for quite a while. One of his friends was also there working on the job, and they had talked about how the other guys on the job who lived further away rented places to stay down there. Now, this place is not a big town that you're probably thinking of. It's a small, in-the-sticks kind of town, like you have to drive into town to go even to a gas station or the grocery store, which is still very small. 
there weren't very many places to rent, and they were already all taken. So my dad and his friend found this random place, and I will never know how they found it, but they moved in. My dad is not super into paranormal things. They tend to scare him, so he just prefers not to talk about them. I'm pretty sensitive, and things happen to me often, but when I was younger, I didn't understand or know that that's what it was. So anyways, my dad will drive back and forth on the weekends to come home and see us. Finally, we decided we would go down there and surprise him and stay and do the float trip, go to the river while we're down there. So we went, and when we got there, I asked my mom if we were lost. We turned onto this very small road and then off of that onto a rock drive through a small cemetery. I started getting crazy vibes, but again, I didn't understand it then. We pulled up to this huge building and pulled around back. When we got out, my dad was standing there waiting for us and let us into the small door on this beautiful, huge, old, what looks like a huge old hospital is what I thought at first. We went through the door and up some small stairs, and immediately I caught this weird smell. We turned, walked up to this elevator, and at the time, I didn't even know it was an elevator. You have to open an old wooden door and then pull the other door back to get in the elevator and then close both doors. It smelled like oil the entire time you were in there. So I was scared. I turned to my right and saw the most beautiful staircase, so I decided I would walk up that instead. I felt crazy vibes the entire time walking up the steps until we got to a bunch of doors lined up next to each other. I asked my dad why there were so many doors, and he said the building had a lot of history, and that was it. So we walk into what was made into an apartment that used to apparently be dorm rooms. Dorm room uh, sounds more like a prison. (laughs) I looked around. There were all the normal rooms. They were small, but there was a living room, a kitchen, a bathroom. The bathroom was super old. There was a clawfoot tub, and I thought it was really cool because I'm super into vintage things. There was another small building behind that huge building that was a bed and breakfast, but it was closed for good at the time. So there were no other people around in this huge building except for the people who owned it. And not trying to be mean, but I have no idea how these people, whatever, afforded such a huge, beautiful place. It was a mom and a dad and a grown son, and they all lived in separate rooms. They did not have an apartment set up like my dad and his friend did. They all lived separately in dorm-like rooms, and they were pretty weird. They very rarely talked, and you very rarely saw them. So in this huge place, it was just us. Fast forward to the first night we stayed there. I'm pretty nosy, and me and my mom wanted to go explore. So we did. We found that there was a huge restaurant-like kitchen that had not been open in some time. So we figured that maybe it used to have a restaurant in it. There is a beautiful church And there were also rooms that were like storage rooms that had very old, very creepy looking baby incubators in them. I got a bad vibe and wanted to immediately go back to my dad's quote unquote apartment. So we did. When it was time for everybody to go to sleep, I slept on an air mattress in the living room and my parents slept in what was my dad's room. It was so cold. I couldn't fall asleep for a long time. 
When I finally did fall asleep, I woke up abruptly at three o'clock in the morning to the sound of someone trying to open the front door of my dad's apartment. Now, let me add this, that his friend had gone home for the weekend, so it was only me, my mom, my dad, and my friend. When he closed the door, there was this deadbolt lock on it, and there was no room, like no give for you to move the door if it was locked. I sat straight up and could see the door physically moving, shaking. I freaked out and went and slept with my parents at 15 years old. The next day, my dad and mom asked me about it, and I told them. My dad said weird things have been happening, but he thought it was his roommate fucking with him. One morning, my dad got up to go to work, and his friend was already gone for work, and my dad heard the shower running. He thought he saw someone walk past the doorway, so he called out for his friend, who wasn't there. So he got his phone, called him, and asked if he took a shower that morning and forgot to turn it off. And his friend said, no, I was running late and didn't even shower this morning. My dad felt weird, but brushed it off. Then the toilet started flushing and the bathroom sink turned on. Also, important to add that in the kitchen, there was also a door that led to the hallway where all the doors were because, again, these were dorm-like rooms at one point. That door always stayed locked. Nobody used it, but it would randomly be open sometimes. I always felt like I could see, hear, or feel someone there, but it wasn't a bad feeling. I think I was only scared because I was woken up out of a dead sleep so abruptly. Like I said, it was a very small town, so there was a quote-unquote highway right outside of the property. The only thing between it was a brick wall and a little bit of grass. The highway was a two-lane road, and there were railroad tracks on the other side of it. And right inside of the brick wall is where the cemetery was. Remember that. Things kept happening. So because of that, my mom and I looked into it. If no one had ever looked into this before, we were going to make sure somebody that was a professional did. We started looking into the history of this huge building and found a lot of crazy things. Like the building used to be an all-girls Catholic school. Probably not the kind you're thinking of. The cringy kind where apparently girls would be sent away if they were pregnant before they were married. And before that, it was a Civil War hospital which is pretty crazy. Every time I would feel something, I would just keep thinking of a word and I had no idea why. I thought it was just my mind being weird because the word that I kept thinking of was the name of the county that was on the other side of the county where I live. Funny because I live in that county now. It's called Monroe. That's the word I kept thinking of, Monroe. After investigating, we had found that a somewhat local team of professional researchers had in fact came there and investigated. My mom reached out and they sent us their report. You will not believe how many papers were in that report. My mom put them in a folder and still has it to this day, and that folder barely closes. But before I forget, let me just say that through our investigation and theirs, it was found that there was this man in the Civil War time who was beheaded by a train on the train track across from the place. And guess what his name was? Edmund Monroe. And he was buried in the cemetery that you have to drive through to get to that building. My dad lived there for a little while longer until the job was done. And of course, Things still happened, but nobody was scared. They weren't bad feelings. Every once in a while, we would go back down to that area for float trips and camping, and we would always make sure to go by there and check the place out. 
For a very long time, it was for sale and nobody would buy it. Occasionally, weddings would be hosted in the church, but I guess finally someone bought it and the small building behind it was reopened again as a bed and breakfast. And when one of my cousins got married, probably seven years ago for his and his wife's honeymoon, they decided to go the non-traditional route and they were going to tour all of the haunted bed and breakfasts or places they could across the U.S. And this was on their stop. Sorry this was so long. I told you I'm not good at storytelling. They will always be forever long. Please never stop doing your podcast. It gets me through my day and oddly enough, comforts me. Creep it real, Amanda A. Well, I would say it's always a skeptics, but uh, I'm a skeptic, so I don't want it to always be the skeptics. <laughs> wow, that is amazing. That Edmund Monroe thing. I know, I was like, Ugh! yeah. Carrie, like, looked at me, and I was like, mm-hmm. But I had the mic away from my mouth because I'm heavy breathing because <laughs> I uh, ate too much Mexican for dinner. So I, what, I, that's why I didn't make a sound. <laughs> but I was like, whoop. Yeah, that, oh, gosh. Just being in a huge, basically abandoned building like that would mm-hmm. be scary. Every, like, tink. You'd be like, what the fuck was that? Right, exactly. Especially with all that other crap in there. Uh uh-uh. uh. Mm hmm. Because you know I'd have to go exploring. Of course. And that elevator is where I would have died because, uh. No, those stairs is where we would have died. No. Because we wouldn't have done the elevator. No, I would have done the elevator. That's what I'm saying. That's where I would have died because my ass has not taken the stairs. Okay, the next one is called My Mom's Family Was Investigated by the FBI. Hi, ladies. My name is Maria Jose, and I finally caught up to your podcast, and I absolutely love it. I enjoy listening to you guys during my free time and when I'm working out, even though it's hard sometimes because I can't concentrate on working out when I'm laughing so hard that my stomach hurts. But anyway, on to the story. So I know y'all are probably surprised by the title, and I promise you my mom's family didn't do anything illegal, but the story is about how my mom looked exactly like a little kindergarten girl in California. P.S. I did get permission to share this from my mom. So a bit of backstory. I volunteered at my high school library during senior year, and I became really cool with librarians, and they let me look through all the yearbooks that they had since the school began. I remembered how my aunt, uncle, and mom went to the same high school as me, so I looked through all the ones that they would be in, and I found my uncle and my aunt, but never my mom. Confused, I asked my mom when I got home, why isn't she in any of the yearbooks? And she told me that my grandma never let her take any pictures after an incident with the FBI when she was eight. Let me tell y'all, I was confused as fuck. Like, what do you mean an incident with the FBI? What could have an eight-year-old done to be on the FBI most wanted list? What kind of criminal mastermind was my mom at eight years old? Sorry, I got carried away there. But my mom told me when she was eight years old, she was at a Girl Scouts meeting and one of the ladies took her aside and took a picture of her. She didn't really think anything of it because, of course, she's eight, and I don't think many eight-year-olds would care, really. But later on, my mom's family gets visited by the FBI, and they are told that someone anonymously sent a photo of a possible missing seven-year-old girl from Oceanside, California. 
This little girl was Leticia Hernandez. She was playing in the front yard of her apartment complex when her mom went inside to do the laundry for about 10 minutes. And when she came back, Leticia was gone. She disappeared on December 16, 1989, two days after her birthday. To tell you my grandparents were scared out of their minds is an understatement. My grandpa would come home early from work for a while just to make sure my mom was still home and wasn't taken away by the FBI. My grandma, of course, was scared shitless that her child, especially her firstborn child, was going to be taken away. My mom was understandably scared too, wondering why these adults were coming in asking questions about who her parents are and her life, stripping her to see if she had the same birthmark as Leticia, following her school bus to make sure she didn't run away or something. I mean, who wouldn't be scared? Especially for a little girl and her family that had just immigrated to the U.S. from Mexico a year prior and was probably finally getting comfortable in their new life had this shitstorm happen to them. Eventually, they got enough evidence that my mom wasn't the girl and they left my family alone. And since that experience terrified my grandma so much, she never let my mom take a yearbook photo again because she didn't want another situation like that to happen again. There were still several sightings of Leticia after her disappearance. She was seen at gas stations or highway rest stops with a Caucasian man and woman in their late 20s. They eventually found her body on March 9, 1991, off County Highway S-16, wearing the same red shorts she had when she was kidnapped. The medical examiner determined by the analysis of her skull she had died three months after her disappearance. There was one suspect in her murder who was a convicted child molester and immigrant smuggler who lived down the street. He claimed he was out of town, but other witnesses and evidence shows that he was still in town during her disappearance. Also, the area she was found was commonly used by smugglers, but the DNA that was found at the scene didn't seem to match up to his, so he was never convicted. No one was ever charged with her murder, and the case still remains unsolved. Sadly, her mom, who was also named Leticia, died in 1998 without ever learning who killed her daughter. I feel really bad for her family, especially if the FBI told them they possibly found their daughter, giving them false hope, later finding out it wasn't their kid and just someone who looked like her. Thank you ladies for reading my story. Sorry it was all over the place and a bit long, but creep it real and I'll later send in a story about my paranormal experience in my haunted college in Greensboro, North Carolina. Could you imagine? Wow. Well, and you know they couldn't just do like one interview with your mom and be like, yeah. okay, that's it. Because depending on how long somebody had been with them, I mean, they would lie. Yeah. What's so sad is that the lady at the Girl Scouts, she thought she was doing a good thing. Right. You know? Oh, that is so scary. Your poor grandparents, like, just immigrated here. You know they really were so fucking scared. And confused. I mean, anybody would be scared, but I don't know. Golly. Ugh. And how sad that no one was ever convicted for her murder and everything. Gosh. 
meanwhile, now your poor mom has no freaking pictures of her growing up like that. Right? Okay, the next one. Babysitting ghost story. Hey, y'all. I wanted to send you my strange experience I had while babysitting. I was asked to babysit one of my little brother's friends when I was about 16 years old. He lived with his dad and stepmom, and his biological mom had just died. I forget what she died from, but I think it was cancer. Anyway, it was just me and this eight-year-old kid for the night. We had macaroni and cheese for dinner and played a few board games. Then, all of a sudden, we heard this loud instrumental music. It was kind of classical, a lot of violins. I thought it was coming from outside, but when I opened the back door, there was nothing. I asked the kid if they had a music system in the house, and he said his brother had one upstairs where we were, and there was a bigger one downstairs. I told him to check the downstairs one, and I'd look in his brother's room. Not my finest moment, but I wasn't about to die that night. As soon as the kid went downstairs, the music stopped. He came upstairs less than a minute later and said their music system was off, but even if it was on, the family didn't listen to that kind of music. He was really calm, but I was freaking out. So I suggested we pick a room to play in because I thought being in a smaller space than the living room would be less scary. We hung out in his room and he was showing me all of his action figures. While we were in there, the wind started howling outside louder than I've ever heard. I checked the windows and the doors and nothing was open. So I just returned to the kids' room and pretended to listen to... Stories of each of the Star Wars characters, and I still can't bring myself to care about Star Wars. While we were sitting there, his bedroom door closed very gently, and then it opened again gently. I was trying so hard to keep it together, but I was so scared and I had to pee. I told the kid I'd be right back, and then I went into the bathroom and hyperventilated. While I was in there, the fully closed bathroom door opened a crack. I was convinced I was about to die. And then I heard the front door open. My protective instinct finally kicked in and I left the bathroom and went to the kid ready to protect him. But it turns out his dad and stepmom were home. I was so relieved and I basically ran out of there, almost forgetting to get my money for babysitting. When I got home, I told my mom and she said maybe the kid's mom was just trying to say goodbye since she died really quickly and didn't get a chance while she was alive. I hope that's what it was. I'm a skeptic and haven't experienced anything like that since. But I guess the lesson I learned was that I don't have a great maternal instinct. Yours in creepiness, Vanessa. Uh, Send the kids, save yourself. For sure. (laughs) I mean, you're not making that much babysitting. Sorry, not worth your life. (laughs) He's young. He doesn't know better. (laughs) poor baby i hope it was his mama though i really hope it was and oh gosh but then i'm thinking like what if it was like his brother like his older brother but like his older brother was next door or something and had the remote you know that's the kind of shit i think about i am paranoid and i trust no one well that's because that's also some shit you would do yes definitely 100 percent, because it's genius Says the person who used Alexa to play music and scare Colby, her boyfriend. I'm just saying. I didn't say that I wouldn't do it. I just said that you would. (laughs) 
Hey there. So this is not necessarily citing more of a close call with my mom. Back towards the end of 2014, there was this man that was in the same friend group as my mom. His name is Daniel Myers. He had asked her out a couple of times before she finally said yes. After the date, she turned him down when he asked her out again. She always said that on the date, she felt very uncomfortable and that something just wasn't right. Fast forward to February 2019, my mom calls me to ask if I remember him. He was all over the news. He was being sentenced for committing murder. In 2015, a woman named Heather Bogle went missing in Clyde, Ohio. She was found days later in the trunk of her own car. But he was not caught until 2017, I think it was. He worked with Heather, and they were kind of friends. She went to his house after getting off work to talk about things. The cops speculated that he made sexual advances on her, and she turned him down. He then beat and raped her shot her in the back two times, killing her. After his arrest, 10 women came forward to the cops that he had raped them. He is also suspected of killing an ex-girlfriend years prior, but there was never any proof and the death was not investigated properly, resulting in a suicide ruling. He pled guilty and was sentenced to life in prison without parole. My mom could have been that victim. We are so lucky she listened to her gut feelings. Man, you gotta fucking listen. Your gut, you fucking know, man. You fucking know. Yes. You know when something just doesn't feel right. You know when somebody's not the person. You know when you're trying to make fetch happen. Yeah. When you, you just fucking know, man. You just fucking know. That is so scary. That's so scary. I'm just thinking, like, what she felt in that moment, like, seeing him on the TV or oh in the news. Oh, my God. You know, like... One, validation. Right. But two, like, holy shit. Like, like, oh, fuck. Like, oh, my gosh, I could have died. You know, all of that. But you know she had to finally be like, okay, okay. Like, I wasn't just, you know, I wasn't wrong about that or, you know, like, whatever. People have those intuitions all the time when it comes to dating and, Mm -hmm. you know, stuff like that. And it's like. You don't always get that validation. Right. And sometimes people can be like, just just give him another shot or just or just give her another shot or just, you know, you're being too picky. You're being too this. You're being too No, go with your fucking gut. Right. And she did. And because you know, you don't get that, always get that validation. But look, there were 10 other women who came forward and were like, no, he raped me. Yeah. And so nine other women didn't have that validation. You know what I mean? And so it's like, even if the 10th one had come forward, there were nine other times that they didn't have that validation of saying, no, this feels weird. You know? Yeah. And so it's like, trust your fucking gut. Because no, you may never get that validation of like, oh, okay, my gut was right. He ended up being a murderer. But your gut is probably fucking right. Yeah. And they may not have gone on to murder somebody else or necessarily rape someone else, but who knows what they could have done with you. Yeah. Well, those other people got their validation, but in the worst possible way. Right. But you, you can no, see what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, for publicly. sure. Yeah. But yeah, so it's like, trust your gut so you 
don't have to be at that moment being like, I should have trusted myself. Yes. I knew better. Or, I, you know, like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. That made me think America's Most Wanted just came back on. Mm-hmm. Like, it's revamped or whatever. I just think about those times where people are, you know, like, watching. You know, you see it on TV shows all the time, like, like when someone's watching it and they're with the person yes. who is there. And it's like, holy shit. Like, he's not John Smith. He's actually, you know, whatever, whoever this John is. John Doe. Yeah. And so, I don't know. Like, oh, my gosh. So, just trying to think about what her mom felt like that. And last night I was watching that show and just thinking, like, if anyone else is watching this and – actually seeing these people and knowing them at all like that's my neighbor or he just pumped gas at my gas station last night like Mm -hmm. i don't know just so weird just to know you were so close to someone who was so deadly yep okay the next one is dumb kids and ouija boards hey y'all my name's jen and i'm writing to you from up north in lovely new jersey I've been thinking for a long time about sending in a sinister sighting story, and I finally got the nerve to write it all down. It's nothing really scary, but it's just a weird event that happened to me years ago, and I think you gals might laugh your butts off at it. Picture it. Summer of 2012. My aunt just moved out of our house, so I got to move downstairs into the bottom level where she lived with her own mini kitchen, living room, and bigger bedroom. I was 17, so I loved finally having my own space away from my parents. My friends and I could finally do whatever we wanted without the fear of my parents being around. I never really did bad stuff. I was a pretty good kid, but it's just nice having your own space away from adults. So during most of the summer, my room only had one dresser and my mattress, so it was pretty empty. For some odd reason, my friend Savannah and I got the great idea to try to use a homemade Ouija board because we were bored, which I soon learned to highly regret. We would get large pieces of construction paper and would make our own boards with random buttons like hell yeah or fuck that as examples. I barely remember exactly what we wrote because I tried so hard to forget. We were also so dumb that we would take notes of what the spirits would tell us. I used to keep the notes in a binder to be able to refer back to the old questions and answers. We did this a couple of times over the summer together, but one day I used the board with a different friend that the board warned us that they did not like, and boy, did I regret this decision quickly. After saying goodbye that night on the board with the other friend, me and her were on Skype with our friend Andrew just talking about the summer and the upcoming school year. We were all about to be high school seniors. Suddenly, out of nowhere, we hear this huge crack sound and quickly look around to see what the fuck just happened. Even Andrew heard it over Skype. One detail I forgot to tell about my room is that I have a pretty big closet with two glass sliding mirrors as doors. We turn around and see that one of the mirror doors has a giant crack almost down the entire mirror and almost right down the middle of the door. It scared the hell out of us for so many reasons. We probably opened so many portals we will never know about in my bedroom, and that's our own damn faults. I still highly regret to this day ever messing with Ouija boards, 
especially since my whole family is pretty sure my dad's dead mother haunts us. Me especially because I'm apparently very much like her and I was conceived around the time she died. My parents still do not believe me to this day that a spirit cracked the mirror and that it was not us. I made sure to never touch a Ouija board again after that night. I did not think my story was going to actually be so long, but I really hope you gals enjoyed hearing my stupid 17-year-old self messing around with spirits and very much regretting it. Love the podcast so much and always look forward to your show every week. Thank you so much for the show. And remember, creep it real. Jenny D from Jersey. Well, um, if Donna ever was to make a Ouija board, that's the shit that it would fucking say. It, it really would. I was like, damn, that's genius. I mean, that is Lil Donna's Ouija board 101 right there. Right there. Also, you have the perfect DJ name too. Jen D from Jersey. Why do I always try to make people have these names? But that is a good DJ name. Also, why in the actual fuck would you bring somebody in to use the Ouija board that the Ouija board told you that it didn't like? Right. Don't be fucking with a Ouija board. Oh, my God. And, I mean, you said you took notes. Study those notes. I mean, you're in high school, you know how to study? Uh-huh. And it said, hey, I don't like this person. You don't say. Prove hey. it. Yeah. Uh-uh. That board said challenge accepted. Mm-hmm. And now you got seven years fucking bad luck. Right? 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 12 years, 27 plus years for that. Okay, we added that. You caused the pandemic! You did! <laughs> oh my gosh, that is great. I'm thinking that maybe you didn't open as many porters as you think you may have. Hell yeah. <laughs> or whatever the button said. Fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, this one is my scary beginnings of creepiness. Hi, lovely ladies. You both are awesome and so funny. I started listening to your podcast at the beginning of COVID-19 when everything in town was shut down and I had nothing to do but exercise, stuff my face with my husband, do puzzles, read and go crazy, and find a podcast to listen to. <laughs> stuff your face with your husband? Wow. He is one lucky man. Right? Oh, gosh. Of course we got to take it straight to the gutter. Of course. I've always been interested in the paranormal and the unknown. I'm new to this, but I would like to tell my story of the beginning when I found out that I have a gift of discernment at a young age. I think I'm more of a sensitive I'm not really sure, but I can feel spirits or ghosts or whatever you want to call it since I can remember at the age of five years old. The story I'm about to tell you is very true and scary. My dad was in the military, so we moved around a lot. But the place that I'm going to talk about when I first saw what I would call shadow people was at this house with my parents in North Carolina. I can't remember the town, but I do remember what the house looks like, and I do remember what I saw. My mom and dad told me at a young age that they thought I was talking to or seeing angels and just had imaginary friends. Boy, were they wrong. When I think back on it and talk to them about it, a mom will talk about it, but my dad doesn't. My parents bought this house that was a three-bedroom house, and they had a very old couch. The old couch that you would see at your great-grandparents' house made of velvet 
with like burgundy velvet fabric with flowers on it. And when you would sit down, it would squeak. That will be important in the story. I was terrified of my bedroom, my parents told me. I still remember it. My dad was an artist, and he drew and painted a drawing with friends on my wall to help me not be so scared in my room. I was terrified of the closet in my room, and to this day, I'm terrified of closets. He painted it, and they decorated it nice for me, but I was still terrified of being in that room. And I would tell my parents I saw things coming out of my closet, and they would stretch out like confetti but black, and sometimes they would come out like human beings with their hands pushing the closet door open. I never saw their faces, just saw it looked like a stick shadow, like a shadow person. They would hover over me and touch me and poke me. Every night, I would run to my parents' room and tell them that there were people in my room. By this time, my dad got very frustrated with me. Take me to bed, calm me down, but the shadow people would come out of the closet and mess with me, and this went on for nights. I grew up with a German shepherd. Her name was Ginger, and she would not even go in my room, and it didn't matter if it was daytime or nighttime. She would only go in the doorway She was like a protector to me, like a nanny, but she refused to come to the bedroom, even with my mom and dad trying to push her in the room. One night, I was sleeping, and I was woken up by someone calling my name. I believe they were calling my name. I know I heard a noise, and they were like, Sarah. It was almost like an echo, and it sounded like my mom. I remember waking up and looking around to make sure there was no spirit or people to surprise me. There wasn't. My daddy said to put a nightlight in my room. I wish you would have put it in sooner. I remember getting out of bed and walking to my parents' room, and they were asleep, sound asleep. So I'm silly walking back to my bedroom, and I hear a squeak, squeak. I back up and I look into the living room and there, sitting on the velvet burgundy couch, was a lady in black. She was wearing a long black dress, long black hair, and her skin was very pale. I was terrified going to the living room, but in the kitchen, my mom had to get up because the German Shepherd at the time was still kind of a puppy. And she was sleeping, and I thought the only thing I could do was run to her for protection. I walk up to the gate to get into the kitchen, and I watched a lady turn her head, watching me. The crazy thing was the lady had no face. No face. That's right. I get to the kitchen. Of course, I wake up Ginger. Automatically, she gets up and starts getting agitated. I try to keep her quiet and not wake up mom and dad, but in my heart, I thought I need to tell my mom and dad there's a lady on the couch. So I remember running past her. When I ran past her, she reached her arm out. She had long claws or nails. It was black, but she didn't catch me. I remember running into my parents' room, jumping on the bed. Of course, I startled them, and I told them there was a lady on the couch. There's a lady on the couch. Actually, my mom is very awake. 
and trying to wake up my dad. My dad is a very heavy sleeper. Still is. You could probably drop a bomb next to him or a tornado go by and he would still be asleep. She finally woke him up and he went into the living room with me and he walked around the living room with a flashlight and he said, where's the lady? I don't see her. And I kept pointing to the couch, but he said, I don't see anything. And I knew that she was sitting there staring at us, even though she didn't have a face. I just felt her staring at us. My dad got so frustrated with me because this was an ongoing thing, waking him up at night, and he had to get up for PT at 5 a.m. in the morning. He said, that's it. I remember him picking me up and taking me outside. But this time, my mom, who was up and running behind him, he picked me up, took me outside the front door, and left me outside and closed the door and left me in the little dim-lit light of the front porch in the middle of of the night in the dark. I can hear my parents, my mom asking him why he put me outside. I don't remember what he said, but it felt like an eternity. I was so upset. My dad left me outside all because of something I could see, but he couldn't see. What felt like forever, he finally opened the door, picked me up after I was bawling my eyes out to comfort me and put me in bed with him and my mom. And yes, Ginger too. I asked my dad to this day why he put me outside, and he told me that's what he learned in the military, scare tactic to get me straight. He now realizes that was a big mistake. I'm terrified of the dark and closets. I have so many more stories to tell, and I can't wait to share them. But this was the first one I wanted to share in the beginning when I found out I have the gift of discernment. Do I like it? Not really. Sometimes it's a good thing. Sometimes it's a bad thing. Love you ladies so much. You guys are awesome and beautiful. Sincerely, Sarah MJ from Oklahoma. Holy shit. That is so scary. The lady in black with no face. But, you know, so many times people say, you know, even with no face, they can tell that the person's looking at them or the spirit's looking at them. And, oh, gosh. And, uh, it's so easy to be like, oh my God, your dad did that to you. But I. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> did he put you outside? Right. But he did what he knows. Is, yeah. Parenting is hard as parenting fuck. Parenting is hard. He did what he knew, which was what the military taught him. Mm-hmm. It wasn't right. And it created that fear. Well, it added to that fear in you. And you're already so young and you already had that fear. Yeah. So clearly that doesn't work for a five year old. Right. He did do the best that he knew at the time. Yeah. At least he now can look back and be like, yeah, I shouldn't have done that. Yes. So that right there shows, you know, like he does love you and he was just trying to do the best for you. Gosh, I cannot wait to hear the rest of your stories. Last one. Hey, girls. Hey, I'm a new listener after hearing a shout out on True Crime Obsessed a couple of months ago, but now I'm a Paranormal Chicks Obsessed. Sorry, Patrick Hines. I'll be back. I promise. Loving the podcast, and I'm about a year away from being caught up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Anywho, I started your podcast right before selling my last house that was in the woods of Washington with no cell service, and your shadow people story had me fucked up. Here's why. It hit a little too close to home, literally. 
Now, I've always been a little sensitive. I've seen angels, demons, ghosts, orbs, shadow figures, and glowing alien-like apparitions. And most of these encounters were before I hit adulthood, dating back to two years old being my earliest clear memory. These aren't important to the story, though. I think I kind of closed off that part of my mind when I went off to college because that shit is stressful enough, but I'm about to be 29 years old. My husband and I bought our first home in the foothills of Mount Rainier in Washington, and it was a dream. There were three lakes in walking distance. A stream ran through the trees behind the house. The stars were so bright at night, and the quiet was almost deafening. The house made settling and creaking noises, almost like someone was walking upstairs in the beginning, but I chalked it up to temperature changes and such. I never had a bad vibe in the house, so I wasn't scared or anything. Way more terrified of serial killers showing up because it's Washington, and apparently that's like serial killer breeding grounds. And that's the truth. One peaceful summer evening at twilight, I was watering all the flowers around the house. It was that last bit of warm blue light before it all starts to get dark with the long shadows from the trees. It was silent other than the water coming from the hose. I suddenly got the feeling I was being watched. I looked around and out of the corner of my eye, I saw the silhouette of a man standing in the grass between my house and a tree. Insert the Queen song. I made a double take look back and there was nothing Now, when I tell you what this man looked like, you will understand why your story had me almost crying. He was tall, with a long coat, and a brimmed hat. The mother effing hat man. Uh Uh-uh. I had never heard of this story before and wouldn't until almost two years later when I listened to your podcast. I didn't have a bad vibe from him, just felt like I was being watched. I reached out to the neighborhood Facebook group and asked if anyone else had seen any ghost in the woods here without giving details of what I saw. I got a lot of eye roll emojis and laughs, but then I got a private message from a woman who told me this. She had been walking the trail around Blue Lake, which was the lake behind my house down the stream. Her and her husband saw a man standing in the middle of the bridge over the narrow part of the lake wearing a brimmed hat and a long coat. As they looked, he disappeared. Now this had me shook. I then talked to a neighbor who used to live in my house as a renter, but bought the next house over when it was up for sale. And I asked her if she had ever had any ghost experiences in or around my house. Again, not giving any details. She said that before her mother-in-law passed away, she would sit by the giant picture window that looked at the trees behind her house. And one night she asked, Do you ever worry about that man coming in? And my neighbor said, what man? And her mother-in-law said, the man with the hat that walks along that tree line every evening. Girls, I about died when she said that. I quickly told her what I had seen, and she gave me some obsidian for my front door and tea leaf plants for the front and back door to ward off spirits. Now, I'm not superstitious. I believe in praying for protection, and I've seen my guardian angel, so I know they have my spiritual back, but hey, I'm not going to turn down some extra help. She also told me when her family lived in my house, they would hear voices and footsteps upstairs and that they thought there was a young girl up there. I told her, oh, hell to the no. I prayed for protection every night from then until we moved. 
I never felt what she felt, but there were dancing orbs of light everywhere in that home, and the sunlight never shone directly in because of the 100-plus-foot-tall trees all around our home, so I couldn't account for the reflections or anything causing them. Eventually, whatever was upstairs manifested as a sort of cat to me. It would rub against my legs when I was painting in my studio up there, which would spook me but not necessarily scare me. I think that area just had a lot of energy being the forest with running water and all. I have two dogs and a cat who would react to the sounds that would come from upstairs as well, but they would just look curiously, not aggressively or in a frightened way. Anyway, I think that's all of my ghost stories for that house. I now live in a 94-year-old craftsman down in Oregon and haven't seen or felt anything yet, so hopefully I left behind whatever was there for the next family to experience. Oops. Hoping that the hat man can't find me here either because what the fuck is that shit? I almost had a panic attack when you explained to a T what people all over the world have seen, including me. Well, I think that's enough rambling for one email. Creep it real and don't forget that Jesus is just one little prayer away when things get too dark or scary spiritually. He does good work. Love and light, PB. I want to live at a 94-year-old craftsman style house. Right? That's like my fucking dream style house, but okay, that's fine. <laughs> you live my dream, PB. You live my fucking dream. It's fine. <laughs> but you keep the fucking hat man over there, way over there in the West Coast. No, thank you. Uh-uh. Could you imagine if you like had never heard of that and then you were listening to this podcast and you're like, hold the fucking phone. Right? That's what I fucking saw. Oh, no. Uh-uh. Mm. <laughs> no. Wow. Thank God you're not like still living there, though. Could you imagine oh, if my you gosh. were still living there? Thank God you didn't find us two years ago when she did that story. Right? Oh, my gosh. Like, could you imagine if you had like, been listening like... Live, you know what I mean. Live, yeah. That's good, what I mean, like in real time. Yeah, like while you're watering the flowers. Oh my god, that like chills. Yeah. Ugh. I never want to meet the Hat Man. That is one man I do not need in my life. Mm-mm. Nor you, won't. No. Mm-mm. That is not a dick appointment you are looking for. Not at all. Not at all. If I want a man just to watch me, like I'll create an OnlyFans. And get paid for that shit. Mm-hmm. Not get haunted. Well, thank y'all so much for your stories. These are amazing, as always. Keep sending them in, aparanormalchicks at gmail.com. Don't forget to like, subscribe, review all the things on all the platforms. And remember, creep it real and, and don't, don't get scared. scared.